0: Stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR. Well, listen up. If you love beer, if you love economics and economic freedom, uh, I think this next uh, topic is right up your alley. Uh, but it's actually an important issue, right? The, the, um, the question of whether economic freedom is trending uh, in the right or the wrong direction worldwide and what the evidence tells us about the value of economic freedom. There's a new book out. It is called Socialism Sucks to Economists Drink Their Way Through the Unfree World. Joining us to talk more about it uh, is the co-author of this book, Robert Lawson, a professor of economics at the Cox School of Business, Southern Methodist University. Is also involved each year in preparing the Economic Freedom of the World Report uh, for the Fraser Institute. Bob, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Rob. Good to be here.
0: Uh, let's talk about how you uh, and your co-author chose to to approach this book in talking about uh, the downside of socialism but to use beer as a way of, of measuring that.
1: Yeah, uh, so the, the idea for the book was because we've seen uh, the polls that a lot of people have seen about how young people uh, are somewhat enamored with socialism. And, yeah. uh, as professional economists, Ben and I didn't really think socialism is a very good idea, so we thought we should write a popular book beer towards young people, and what better way to um, make it fun and lively and readable uh, by sort of focusing or talking a lot about our beer drinking along the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about, the what, what socialism is, because you do address it in the book— um... Uh, not socialism, Sweden, you guys, right? And, and so we do have countries where uh, taxes are higher, the welfare state is, is larger, which I suppose are components of socialism, but not necessarily socialism itself. How, how are we defining socialism then in that sense?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, when you think about countries like Sweden, which many young democratic, so-called democratic socialists point to, um, Sweden, you know, it's private property. Those are private Swedish farmers. Volvo's a private firm. The grocery stores are private. Most people live in private homes, you know, either their own or their landlords are private, you know, apartment buildings and things. There's no central plan in Stockholm. I mean, there aren't a bunch of poorly dressed Swedish bureaucrats deciding what the Swedish economy produces. It's, it's up to the individuals. And that's, that's a hallmark of capitalism, not mm-hmm. socialism. So when we think of socialism, we think of places like Cuba, like North Korea, increasingly like Venezuela or the old Soviet Union. These are places where private property was taken away and centralized in the hands of uh, of government bureaucrats, and they made all the production decisions for the entire economy. That's what socialism really is.
0: Well, you know, Venezuela, and Venezuela has has certainly been on a slide into that kind of repressive socialism. Uh, On the other hand, we do see countries that once were, once were communist countries, having embraced free markets. Bob, where are things trending globally?
1: Well, generally speaking, and and here I really would point to the economic freedom of the World Index that that I work on with the Fraser Institute. And generally speaking, things are on the upswing, actually, uh, in terms of economic freedom. More and more countries are moving towards uh, lower tariffs, uh, lower taxes in some ways, uh, 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 privatizations, monetary. I mean, we have only a few countries in the entire world that have any kind of inflation now, which, you know, if you think about 20, 30, 40 years ago, uh, where we had hyperinflations in literally dozens of countries. So in a lot of ways, the world has never been more economically free than it is right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly in countries like Canada and the U.S., you, you can see when it comes to, to beer then as as a specific, where uh, having free markets allows for all kinds of competition. We have very large breweries. We have all kinds of small craft breweries. Uh, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of economic activity. I can only imagine what that looks like in, in genuinely socialist countries. Uh, how, how different is it then?
1: Yeah, so beer actually became a a bit of a running metaphor for the operation of the entire economy. You you mentioned Venezuela. Venezuela has actually run out of beer completely. Wow. And the reason for that is the government's out of hard currency, and they need to import barley. And without enough dollars to do so, they they just simply can't make beer. Um, Cuba, uh, one of the best – I mean, frankly, Cuba is the highest-functioning socialist economy left in the world. Um, But there are only two types of beer – uh bucanero and cristal and those are the two types and uh there aren't craft breweries in in cuba There are not even imports um by and by all means the worst thing i've ever put into my body is is north korean beer it it is truly truly toxic um never if you ever get the chance to drink north korea pass up on that chance it is is, (laughs) you you will fear for your health
0: oh my goodness uh so how did (laughs) how did it come to be then that you were drinking beer in north korea
1: well, ben, ben, my co-author Ben Powell and I, we, uh, we went to the North Korea-Chinese border. Um, we, as professors of e- free market professors, we didn't think we'd, they'd let us in. And if they did let us in, we'd be afraid that they would let it, wouldn't let us out. Well, yeah. So we went to China and the border there on the Yalu River. And it turns out that uh, there's sort of a thriving, smuggling market between. It's just a small river crossing, you know, separating the two countries there. And uh, there's a thriving sort of market of goods, and you could buy uh, North Korean beer and North Korean currency and other trinkets uh, readily on the Chinese side, and that's how we got our beer from North Korea.
0: My goodness! Now, maybe someone would would try to argue that maybe just our countries that uh, that appreciate beer, that if if people truly want beer, that uh, you know you can design an economy to give the people what they want, but that that's not how it works in real life, is it?
1: Well, it, it really isn't. I mean, it, 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 it's there's a ring of truth. I mean, socialist economies could always focus on one thing and do it well. Um, you know, Cuba has the Hotel Nacional. The Russians were, in the Soviet times were could could create uh, great gymnastics teams and things like this. Yeah. Um, but but the reality is, central central planning means you're gonna you're gonna put a few people in the in the, in the national capital in charge of whatever it is, beer production, uh, you know, housing making tractors, whatever needs to get done. And the reality is it's extremely unlikely they're going to, those few people are going to figure out the kinds of things that people really want. And a market economy like we have in Canada and the United States, uh, we let entrepreneurs sort of trial and error and figure it out. And, and you know, you mentioned the, the craft beer markets in, in both countries now. I mean, the explosion of innovation that has happened in the last uh, generation uh, is really a testament to the creativity of these entrepreneurs,
0: and that's the thing. I mean, even if you don't like beer, don't care whether beer's good or bad, uh, I mean, beer is kind of representative of a lot of other aspects of the market, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and, and you know, especially we talked about uh, we talk about food and other things too. Wine. Uh, one of my great examples in the book is the country of Georgia, the former Soviet republic, which is not so much of a beer place as much as it's a wine place. And in Soviet times, they made wine, but it was bad wine that the socialist planners told them to make, but they have their own local varietals and and their own local way of making wine that's different than the French style. And if you're a wine snob, and I'm not really a wine snob, but if you are, Georgia has become sort of a a worldwide mecca for wine tourists. And again, all of that happened after the central planners got out of the way, and they they let these entrepreneurs who are, you know, they're all driven by profit. They're all trying to make money. But these entrepreneurs sort of experimenting with uh, the local grapes that have been around for centuries. Uh, and and it's really been, it, it, you know, the, the craft beer thing that's going on in the U.S. and Canada, there's sort of a craft wine thing going on in, in Georgia thanks to their, their economic freedom.
0: Yeah, and it is quite fascinating. I mean, at some level, I suppose, certainly for economists who read this book, it'll maybe seem in a lot of respects like you're pointing at the obvious, even if they're learning things about uh, uh, the beer industry in in certain countries. But, um, you know, for for the average citizen, maybe we do need a a bit of a a refresher. There was a review posted up at uh, Forbes.com that said, Robert Lawson and Benjamin Powell have written a useful and important book for a very weird time. (laughs) Are we in a very weird time?
1: yeah we we are we have we have on the one hand uh, sort of uh more and more people talking about socialism. Some people are at least putting the adjective democratic socialism. I think democratic socialism is a bit of a myth but um uh, but we also have people you know openly embracing uh trade, uh trade restrictions uh, and and things of that sort and so there's a lot of sentiment both from the left and the right now that is sort of rebelling against uh, what I would just call good economics, open trade, stable money, reasonable taxes, and things like that. And so we wanted to write a book. And, again, the, the key is to, to make something that is accessible and fun uh, uh, and uh, make that book available to younger people who aren't going to read – they're not going to read my economics textbooks. They're not <laughs> even going to read the Economic Freedom of the World you know, report, which we try to make readable. But you know, it's mostly a bunch of boring numbers
0: yeah I think this puts it in a way that uh, a lot of those people can hopefully relate to, and you know at least give give some pause to to whatever is is behind that that resurgent interest in 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 a system that, that has clearly failed
1: yeah we We went to the socialism Conference in Chicago last year too, and we talked to young socialist kids uh from all over the United States and probably Canada. And they were, um, uh, well, they were mostly confused. But, you know, we didn't come away thinking that these were a bunch of evil kids who wanted to put us all in concentration camps. <laughs> these were just young people who saw some injustice in the world and, and thought socialism was the way to fix it. Now, I think they're wrong on that, but they're not really wrong about the problems. There are real problems of racism and sexism and uh, other sorts of issues, poverty, that, 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 you know, we ought to work on and, and address. You know, the thing where I disagree with these kids is that, you know, turning over the, the, the total complete power to a few people in this, in, in Washington uh, or Ottawa or wherever is certainly it hasn't worked anywhere else. I mean, there's been no, you know, there's racism and sexism. The cops are worse, if anything, in, in Venezuela and in the old Soviet Union and Cuba than they are uh, in the U.S. or Canada
0: today. Well, it is quite fascinating. The book is called Socialism Sucks. Two economists drink their way through the unfree world. Bob, great talking to you here. Thanks so much for making some time for us. Thanks a lot. All right, all the best. That is uh, economist Bob Lawson, co-author of the book Socialism Sucks. Uh, And I guess that would be uh, the idea of drinking beer in North Korea. (laughs) Uh, Just being in North Korea seems a little chilling, but uh, one can only imagine what their beer is like. Interestingly, though, uh, in South Korea... Now they've got all kinds of breweries i would be actually really excited to to try some south korean beer so what's the obvious difference between the two is our number 974 talk we are back with more right after this afternoons with rob Breckenridge starting at twelve thirty on news talk 770 calgary